This is Dr. Elizabeth Berman. I am recording this session for the Angel Wing program. And today I'm going to be talking about the power of perspective. So when we talk about perspective, Another, a way of understanding it is understanding that perspective is a kind of energy. And that energy is about the fact that how we see things influences the experience we're having. So when we think about what's real in the world around us, it's helpful to understand that how we see something can vary from moment to moment depending upon what's going on inside of us. Is this generally a happy day where I feel open and free and expansive? Is this a sad day where I'm mourning the loss of something? Or is there anxious, fearful energy in this day for me because I'm worried about a loved one who's gotten a serious medical diagnos diagnosis? So it's very important that we understand our view of what's going on is very much influenced by what's going on inside of us when we experience something, when we're aware of experiencing something. It's very important that we understand that our perspective on something what we're feeling and thinking about the experience we're having influences our agency or the power we have in our own lives. So the question of what do I mean when I use the word agency is very relevant and important here. Agency is a way of identifying that I am aware that I have power to influence how I respond to things how I interact both with myself in terms of how I hold myself, whether I have faith in my own wisdom and power for change, and how I'm interacting with the world around me. Do I understand and feel that that is not the sole driving force in my life that I can in fact be someone who understands 
they can make things happen in the world around them and they take the responsibility and make the choice to think about what they're going to do and then go forward with the actions, the thoughts, and the choices that make those things happen. So for our purposes today, that's the way I'm using the word agency. So you can see how I see myself and how I see the things around me, which is my perspective, can change whether I'm utilizing the power that lies within me to affect the world around me. And what I mean by the power that lies within me, I'm talking about all of our experience. I'm talking about all of the education and training that we've had, either formal or informal. And I'm also talking about our faith in ourselves as people who came into the world to accomplish something and are dedicated to moving towards that goal all the time. Yeah, well, the, relate, the relationship between perspective and intentionality is an important one to look at here. So <clears throat> what do I mean by intentionality? What I mean, the way I'm using the word in this uh, conversation or in this presentation is intentionality is begins with awareness awareness of what it is i want to do awareness of how i feel about what's going on today awareness of what's going on in my body and my mind i.e i'm thinking i'm aware of the thoughts that are running through my mind and intentionality is the responsibility a person takes to choose an outcome. I intend to get my shopping done today. That's my intention. So when I have that intention as a focal point, I then make decisions that lead to actions and some of those actions may be thoughts about the shopping, which might lead me to make a shopping list. And then the physical actions that I take, organizing my schedule to give me enough time 
to take my list, go to the store, spend the time in the store checking things off my list because my intention included getting the things on my shopping list and then getting home and putting everything away, perhaps by a certain time, so then I'm free to make dinner. So our intentionality is a way of using our brain, using our mind to focus us in a way that allows us to accomplish our intention. So when we look at perspective and agency, um, it calls into our consideration the notion of time. What's happened in the past, what's going on immediately right now in the present, and what we think about or let's just say plan to happen at a future time. And our, the fact that we have perspective, the fact that we have agency, which are different kinds of energies that our mind can call up and engage our body and our brain to use to actually move towards something that has not yet occurred. But because we can use our brain, we then have a way of projecting what we're thinking about in our brain, in our minds, and understanding and perhaps directing ourselves in a way that can manifest that in the physical world, which when it's still just an idea, is going to happen in the future. So now we're talking about using the whole brain, the entire, core, the entire part of our brain, right? So a fully integrated brain that can use critical thinking, can think if, then, what will happen? If I do this, what will happen from that? So we, in the moment, in the present, we can use our brain to think about the future, perhaps planning a future that we would like to see happen, intention. However, the perspective aspect of this whole combination is important because if we're in having one perspective of this is a wonderful day, I'm very grateful to be alive and I have access to the resources that I need to make the things I want to happen happen today, we're going to be moving from a whole brain integrated system perspective. 
However, if I'm feeling victimized for some reason and emotional about it, we can, that particular perspective will keep us locked in the midbrain, the fight, flight, or freeze way of being or seeing ourselves in the world. And that pretty much eliminates any creative organization in the moment to move forward in a plan to move an idea from our thought process out into the world of manifestation. As we're speaking about the power of perspective and agency and intention, the notion that we can look at ourselves and what's going on within us in a way that says, am I, perhaps looking at a past event is a way to um, illustrate this, was I in that situation reactive, self-reactiveness, or self-directed? So those are two different kinds of energies. And I would say for the purposes of this um, discussion, that self-reactiveness has both a positive and a limiting um, outcome. So self-reactive is biologically critical for us to keep safe, remain safe throughout the period that we're in these physical human bodies to learn that fire is hot, can burn, and be very destructive to us. When we see a flame, there's almost a reactiveness that we keep a certain distance from that flame. We recognize the cues perhaps through education or our own experience that a dog that is running wildly and frothing at the mouth is a dog to be avoided. We don't really have to go through a whole process of if then with that, we simply know that. However, self-reactiveness can also be negative in the sense that we get caught 
in the midbrain part of our experience of life and we're so overwhelmed by the input from the environment that all we can do is freeze, fight, or run away, which definitely limits our options. And we can also basically in a less dramatic way react to something without even realizing that it was almost like a biological knee-jerk reaction and we made decisions and reacted in ways that were not necessarily in our best interest because neural networks were laid down very early in our life by the people who had the power over us because no child really has a great deal of power or even agency in their life. They're dependent on others, the adults, the caregivers, the authority figures, to teach them how to be in the world and to keep them safe during that process of learning. Now, self-directedness comes from a place of being aware of the thoughts that are being in our mind, that are being generated by our mind, and aware of the feelings and emotions that are generated as a result of those thoughts. Because thoughts intensify feelings, more f intense feelings generate more thoughts about it, and we can get caught in a downward spiral about it. So the self-directedness is that level of awareness that lets us look or it, perhaps instantly in nanoseconds, be aware in a way that we see that we have choices and we consciously make a choice to direct ourselves, our thoughts, our actions in a certain direction to serve a purpose or an intention that we've set to accomplish something, to bring about something in the physical world around us. So the sensory input that's coming into us, as well as the internal input, i.e. our thoughts about it or our feelings about what's going on, can stimulate the midbrain or the limbic system in a way that we cannot use our whole brain to respond to what's going on. It's almost as though because information is coming in from the lower parts of our brain, from our sensory organs, our thought processes, and it's coming up through the lower part of our brain, traveling ideally throughout the entire brain, and it's the higher part of the brain, the cortex, that has the most refined processing of input opening us to an awareness of a myriad or at least a number of different ways that we can respond. And all of this goes on so fast that typically we're not aware of all of that. But when things are so strongly tinged, we have either past history or emotions around what's going on, 
that we, the midbrain is activated in a way that we can't use the whole brain in a conscious way. So the awareness of not just the sensory input that's coming in, that's being triggered by the external environment, but the ability to recognize the thoughts that are streaming through our sub and conscious mind allow us to recognize that we have what one what's going on perhaps in our body and our brain but also that we have choices and perhaps in that moment of being caught in the midbrain the fight flight or freeze reaction being able to recognize that that's what's going on we can perhaps use our choose to use our breath consciously follow the breath which automatically helps the body and the brain shift into the parasympathetic nervous system where we can calm down internally and then begin to get information throughout our whole brain so that we can use a, the higher order functions that are a part of our evolutionary gift as being born in human bodies. Yes, there is a very, it's very helpful for us to understand that as we begin to train our mind and our intention is to have a mind that works for us, not a mind that is the master or drives us in our life, but that we become more and more aware of what thoughts are streaming through our mind very fast, almost in a shotgun manner, and we can then choose what thoughts we act on, what thoughts we focus on. There, there are many different ways of saying what you focus on is what you get. What you focus on is what you create. And it's another way of saying that whatever it is I am focusing on in my life, are the things that I'm going to bring into my life. So if I continually focus on my fearful thoughts, the likelihood that those fearful things are going to happen to me goes up. So um, at the slide that I'm looking at says using your higher order functions are part of our evolutionary gifts. So one of the ways I remember hearing a lot as a child, man is the crown of creation. And as I got older and saw more about the world, I thought, wow, what is make what makes man the crown of creation? Because man as a, a, a being on this planet seems 
to have a great deal, the potential for cruelty and destruction that I don't see showing up in the natural order of things in other forms of creation. But when I began to understand that the gift of evolution in terms of the human being is the human being has a brain that allows the human to reflect upon themselves. Perhaps the greatest statement, the most powerful sta statement of agency. We have choice. We're not driven by our biology alone. We can step So how do we get to use the higher order functions that are a part of our evolutionary gift? And I've said that self-reflection, the expansion of our awareness so that we are, we have a, excuse me, a skill set or a discipline that allows us to become aware of the thoughts before we reflexively act upon them. And so this, how do we do that, right? How do we do that? If we're able to reflect on ourselves, if that's part of the gift, part of what makes man the crown of creation, how do we in fact do that? It takes discipline. It takes uh, dedication to having a disciplined mind. You know, a great violinist spends hours and hours and hours of practice learning how to play the violin in the way that they choose to play it with great, great excellence and skill and mastery and technique. A great tennis player, a great basketball player, it doesn't matter the greats in any particular area of life. A great chef has spent hours of disciplined training on how to create incredible food, use the instrument of the violin to produce extraordinary sounds that we call music. So it's no different with the human mind. If we would like to think of our minds as an instrument that we want to gain mastery over, we're going to have to, one, learn some techniques, get some information, and then be dedicated to learning how to be more aware, learning how to tolerate the times when we're aware of very distressing thoughts that seem to be on a runaway train, um, really painful physical experiences in our body, 
and painful emotional experiences, which when we learn to track them, we can find them registering in different parts of our body. And so there's a whole world of information out there called mindfulness, techniques of meditation, techniques of breath work that are available to us that thankfully are pretty simple at the basic level in which we can learn to train our minds to do what we want them to do instead of being a slave to whatever thought dominates in our mind in that moment. Uh, 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 the question arises, the distinction between being a slave to our thoughts or even a thought versus being aware of and being able to make choices that use the thought in a way that benefits us. And the difference between being driven by a thought in a reactive manner <clears throat> and choosing if a thought is a positive one that can benefit me to lead a better and healthier life, or if the thought is one that I can choose to not pay attention to in this moment, or if it's so pervasive, if I can learn the techniques to be able to identify the thought as mental energy with the understanding that energy moves. So even if this thought is a very persistent, very, very almost insidious thought that keeps coming back and back and back, that we can increase our band of tolerance to be present to that thought because we know from experience, from training, from using these techniques, that the thought will eventually pass because I am not my thoughts. My thoughts are energy that I can become more and more aware of. 